0: Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for March 8, 2015. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jack Steen, co-pastor with Russ Steen at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon this morning is entitled "The Waymaker." I've taught his book several times. I always appreciate his work. In his book, Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time, Marcus Borg takes a look at the historical Jesus. I began teaching that book the same way each time. Before anybody read a word of the book, I made sure that the whiteboard in the classroom was clear. And I asked the class to tell me everything they knew about Jesus. The board that covered the expanse of the wall was soon filled. I think we surprised each other how well we knew Jesus. Some of us were actually listening and paying attention in Sunday school for all those years. And then I read to them the portion of Borg's book that listed everything that we can know for sure about Jesus. Now, let me pause and say that Borg and some other folks from the Jesus Seminar movement have a decidedly more liberal approach to the interpretation of Scripture, but they have studied. As a matter of fact, Borg and others given their life's work to the study of the historical Jesus, the historical Jesus. And according to Borg, our whiteboard full of Jesus facts come from thousands of years of tradition and legend and various other sources being combined and put together in this one grand tale. He says that there are really only three things that we can know for sure about the historical Jesus. One, he was born to a young woman named Mary. Two, he was raised in a town called Nazareth and he was he was socialized in that town, and three, Jesus was a disciple of John the Baptist. Now this doesn't mean that the other things we think we know about Jesus aren't true. It's just that these three things are practically undeniable and irrefutable. It's really not much to go on when you think about it. His mother, his hometown, and his mentor. But it is significant that John the Baptist is in this list of facts. No doubt this is a very odd passage for us today. Mark doesn't even bother with a birth narrative of Jesus and he's not gonna bother with a full resurrection account either. He is short and sweet and to the point and yet right in the middle of, the thing, of things, he gives us a long description of a party. And other, and other odd series of events that will lead to the martyrdom of John the Baptist. This is not like Mark to give us this much detail. But given its location in the story, we can see this as a turning point in Jesus' ministry. But I don't wanna get ahead of ourselves. Though they were cousins, and they were very close in age. They were both born to mothers who were very unlikely to even be mothers at that time. And they were on a very similar trajectory concerning God and God's way. John the Baptist and Jesus were very different characters. We lose sight of the fact that John had a bigger personality, a more strident approach, and perhaps a more unique methodology. In their day, before John's head was handed over to a ruthless woman, John was more popular than Jesus. That isn't just crazy, wacky stuff. Everybody agrees with that. John was more popular than Jesus. Jesus got his start as a disciple of John the Baptist. He even showed up at a Riverside baptism of John's and asked to be dunked by him. John tried to make it clear his job was to pave the way and clear the path for Jesus. John's role was to prepare the way. He announced that there would be one that would follow him who would be the real one. But I'm guessing that most folks got really confused about that and just latched on to anybody that they could. So John had a huge following himself. The early Christians saw it as their main job to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus' way. And so they became known as followers of the way long before they were known as Christians. I've often said, I wish we were still called that. I wish we were called followers of the way, especially by the way Christians have so slammed the name Christian with their hateful spewing rhetoric so many times. But after this week of thinking about and studying about John the baptizer, I've thought that perhaps an even better label might be Waymaker. That's what John the Baptist was. He was a Waymaker for Jesus. And I've decided that that's what I want to be. I want to be a Waymaker. I've always thought of myself as a follower of Jesus. But now I'm wondering if I should learn to see myself as one that goes before him and doesn't hide behind him. I think sometimes when we follow, we just hide. But a way maker steps out front. Recently my mother was in the hospital for about three weeks and my brother and sister were out of town and so I went to take care of her for a few days, including the days that she was to come home from the hospital which happened to be the day before that big, huge storm, snowstorm, you know, that just pounded us with 10 feet of snow that they said it was going to. Well, how are you gonna get a woman in her wheelchair down the long sidewalk if you don't make a way? So the day before she was to go home, I spent part of the day back at her house, turning up the heat to a balmy 78 degrees like she likes it. It is so hot at her house. (laughs) I got milk and bread and eggs, not just because that's what you get when they say it's going to snow. I got it because that's what you get when a woman's been in the hospital for three weeks and she's coming home. And as I walked out, some limbs and leaves had fallen on her long sidewalk that leads up to her front door from her driveway. And I got out the broom and I swept off her sidewalk from start to finish so that the wheelchair could make its way down the path. That image came to me as I began to think about being a way maker for Jesus. It's kind of like sweeping off the sidewalk, making a way for the wheelchair to roll right in. I want to be the one that paves the way and clears the path for Jesus. I want to be the one that paves the way and clears the path for Jesus to still be alive and well and at work in the world. I want to prepare the way. And it goes without saying that I would like to do this without being beheaded. (laughs) But I think this little vignette is a powerful reminder that waymaking is a risky job. You won't always be liked. You won't always be understood. You won't always be accepted. Everyone won't always agree with you. You will ruffle feathers. But waymakers are maybe more needed than simple way followers. What got John the Baptist in trouble was speaking truth to power. When you tell someone in power that you are living an immoral life, that is dangerous. And it wasn't just because John had done it this one time. It's what John did all the time. He called it like he saw it. From Luke's Gospel, we read about this John the Baptist. And you, child John, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. John, you will go before Jesus. Jan Richardson puts it this way, the one who came as a witness to testify to the light had completed his purpose and his call, giving himself with complete abandon. He himself was not the light, the Gospel of John points out. Yet the Baptist shimmered with steadfast purpose and with the joy that had marked his life from the moment he met Jesus, which was in the womb. He's the one that leaped in Elizabeth's womb when Mary walked in pregnant with Jesus. I tried to picture what it would look like to live the life of a waymaker if John's job was to clear the path for Jesus. And if we've come to understand that each and every person holds a divine spark within them, and if we are to believe the passage from Matthew's gospel that talks about feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and visiting the people in prison, and that each and every time we do this, it is as if we have done it unto Jesus himself, then logic would tell us That being a way maker today will require us to clear the path for those whose lives are cluttered. As if those people were Jesus. I think about all those people who have obstacles in their way of achieving their goals and their hopes and their dreams. Obstacles that keep them from living the abundant life that Jesus has promised they don't have enough of something, money, education, health care, you name it. They are burdened by not enough, or perhaps they are burdened by too much. And there are not enough hours in the day to do what they need to do to make a way for themselves. I think about those who have opinions, strong opinions and good ideas, but they have no voice that is recognized. How will we clear a path and make a way for them? I think about all the people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I think about all the people who fall through the cracks. I think about all the people in prison. I think about all the people in hospitals who have no one visiting them. I think about the people who are treated differently because of race or gender or sexual orientation. I wonder how will we be a way maker for them? How will we go in front of them? Paving a way that makes their life better. I mean, as a church, how will we be a way maker? I can think of so many ways we already do this, but it's never enough, and the job is never done, and it's never easy, and it's always risky. I think about a few months ago, I preached about the Vatican turning some space into showers for the homeless. I saw an article recently that the bathrooms are almost finished and they're lovely. And then I read an article about a church in Tennessee that that because of their setting and so many homeless people and they opened it up for people to stay there like we do but then they decided we have these showers sitting here all week and plenty of hot water why don't we just keep our showers open all the time? so that people can at least come and stay clean, which will keep them more healthy and will allow them to go to job interviews clean. And so their showers are just running all the time. And I thought, we've got four showers and an unlimited amount of hot water. Why don't we open up all the time for showers and pave the way for people who are just dirty? On the outside. And then as I was writing the sermon, I thought about this dress. It's my favorite of all the ones that are up here. Made out of a pillowcase. There's a little girl in Haiti that's going to put this dress on. And maybe because she's going to look like she has somebody that takes care of her. Maybe she won't be molested. I don't sew, but this doesn't look like it takes too long. I'm so grateful for people who are preparing a way for a little girl whose name is Jesus in Haiti. That's being a way maker, not just a way follower. for there to have been such a big deal to be made about John the Baptist. The truth is we don't know much about him. All we really know of John are the names of his parents and the fact that his birth was unexpected. All we really know of John is that his diet and his wardrobe were odd, at least by our standards. All we really know of John are snippets of his preaching recorded and passed along for us to hear again. And still we wonder about him, this forerunner of Jesus. It makes you think that to be a witness is a powerful thing. That you don't have to be well known to prepare the way. I mentioned earlier that this story is a turning point in Mark's gospel. After John is beheaded, you know the popular one, Jesus gains momentum. He picks up the pace as if raising the dead and casting out demons wasn't a lot. Next week he's going to walk on water and feed the 5,000 with a couple of fish and a little bit of bread. He picks up steam because John prepared the way. Which leaves us with the question, who will pick up steam because we prepare a way? I'm thinking about dropping the name Christian. I'm Amy. I'm a way maker. I'm a way maker. I hope so. May it be so. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Grace and peace to you.